Welcome to the Joe Moffat Show. I am your host, Joe Moffat, coming to you live. Did he say live? Yes, baby. I said all the way live from the Jam Studios over here in the beautiful city of Enid, Oklahoma. <clears throat> First and foremost, uh, I want to take the time to kick off the show with some unfortunate sad news. We have um, lost two great men. Um, from the one from the world of entertainment, the other from the world of, of sports and, and broadcasting. Um, the first being Alan Thick, father of Robin Thick, and um, former star of the show, uh, Growing Pains, also, um, basketball commentator and legend, uh, Craig Sager. It was just announced about 30 minutes ago that he had passed away. Um, to both of these men, I, I'd like to say uh, thank you for your contributions, and may you always rest in peace. And to their families, um, just know that that we all all pray and and like you are very hurt um, that these great and wonderful men have been taken away from us. Um, Mr. Sager had actually been sick for quite some time. Um, I believe he was battling cancer, if I'm not mistaken, and. Um, Alan Thick, on the other hand, was pretty healthy. Nobody, I, I hadn't recalled hearing anything as far as dealing with his health. Um, me and my wife had just watched him on uh, Fuller House, actually, on Netflix, just the other night. He was on an episode of Fuller House, which was probably recorded, you know, during the summer, uh, June, May, even. Um, and he was able to uh, take part in that, and uh, he actually had tweeted. For four hours before um, he passed away about his character and his role on Fuller House. So, I mean, this was, this went to say it was a surprise is definitely an understatement. I mean, because, I mean, he was doing shows. He, he was continuously keeping his work up. I, I know, I believe he had a... Um, him and his wife and another one, his kids, they were doing a reality show and all of that. So, I mean, Alan was, Mr. Thick was working his ass off. He, he wasn't just, you know, he, he wasn't sitting around. And so to hear this news uh, of this travesty, which um, the last report I heard, they were saying that he had passed away while playing hockey, doing something that he loved. So, I mean, if that, that's, that's a horribly bittersweet undertone to it. But uh, nonetheless, um, anybody that's followed the Thick family, you know, they're big hockey fans. So, you know, he was doing something that he loved. Um, <clears throat> So to both, like I said, mentioned before, the Sager family and the Thick family, um, we have you guys in our prayers over here at the Joe Moffat Show. Um, yeah. And on that note, we're about to turn this heat on a little bit. Get it hot in the motherfucker because it's cold in the motherfucker. God damn. Nigga, I, hold up. You are not supposed to be living nowhere where your ass can inhale frost. How the fuck I exhaled oxygen and inhaled frost is beyond me. That shit got in my lungs, and with all of the nasty shit that's probably already in my lungs now, that shit was like fresh and pure. Y'all understand what the fuck I'm talking about? Hold on. I, here's what happened. It was so fucking cold outside that I, I breathed, <laughs> and the air froze. But when the air froze, it was that fucking cold. I'm sitting here watching my breath frozen in the air, just sitting there. It was still in gaseous state, just the shit wasn't like dissipating, it was just there. And then I walked through it and inhaled my air back. And it was so fucking cold, it was like snorting frozen cocaine. I have never done that before, but for some reason or other, now I want to try it. Might be tasty. I, no, I'm not, I told y'all I never, no, I'm not doing no, no, sorry, I won't be doing cocaine off that girl booty again. It sounds fun, but I won't do it. Uh... Uh, plus, y'all know it's a lot of people would kill me, so it's all good. But anyway, yeah, it, it felt like that, you know, just that cool, frosty feeling going into like, <gasps> goddamn. So it's that fucking cold. If you have pets, keep them in the house. Don't let your little poochie stay outside because that motherfucker's ass will freeze to the ground. If you got a, like a bulldog, that nigga will lose his nuts to hypothermia because this shit is going down. It is going to be cold in the motherfucker these next few days. So you heard it here, folks. Get your ass in the house. Don't be outside fucking around. Go home. Anybody that said that they want to do something with you on Saturday or Sunday, tell them, 
fuck you, go home. It's going to be cold. Now, my dumb ass got to go to work, but, you know, I don't know no better. That's 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 working in the corporate world. You you know, everybody working in the corporate world, you know your ass going to have to go to work. You know, rain, hell, sleet, or snow. Nigga, I didn't stay at work during a tornado, so what the fuck? You know, I'm watching this bitch just go on by, and I'm, mm-hmm. Oh, look, the quarterly report just came over the system. And a cow just flew by. What the fuck? Nigga, shit. Ugh, I start working for myself. That way, when it's sunny outside, nice, I can call it a bad weather day and go the fuck home. That's the fuck I do, too. And come hang with y'all goofy asses, you know? Shit, I went to work today, and I'm surprised I don't sound as tired as you think I should. However, um, some people might say I do, and for that I say, fuck you, I'm fine. We're here in this of all motherfucking places to be. And as always, I'm happy to have you here with me on the Joe Moffat Show. And now, dun, dun, dun. On to the news. A report came out that a clan, a member of the Ku Klux Klan, stand up another member of the Ku Klux Klan in an attempt to smoke more meth and drink more beer. <laughs> and somehow some shit got crossed up. I don't know what the fuck, you know. This is one of them times when the phrase, a bird, uh, two birds of a feather should stop smoking meth. That is very true to this particular situation. If your ass is already a racist and you're on methamphetamines and you're hanging out with another motherfucker who just so happens to be an asshole, you might not want to be in this situation. I'm just saying. Sometimes we put ourselves in situations to the point where we just can't control it. Don't get me wrong. These motherfuckers both hate niggas together equally. However, at that moment, them niggas also hated each other more. You know, this ain't 2016. The hatred of black people, granted, it's out there, but it's not out there. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, y'all think it's out there from the little bitty options and the small shit that you use that you see now. Baby, go read a book. Go sit down and talk with people that came up in them struggles that still walking and breathing and talking today. We have American citizens who right now have not had rights for damn near a full portion of their life yet as far as equal rights to other people and that's fucking real racism ain't gonna stop but at that fucking moment it's hilarious as hell because well racism not really racism shit racism takes a back seat to hatred if you the motherfuckers just can't stand your ass bitch I can't stand you either well fuck well fuck you too pow 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 that's what goofy motherfuckers do. They don't talk about it. You know, they ain't like, you know, I can't stand your ass. Well, why not? Uh, throw that, try that shit one time. You'll leave a motherfucker looking like, uh, oh, you know, what the fuck? And then realize, you know, maybe I can stand your dog ass. Hmm, nice, nice, yes. Might work out. Mm-hmm. What your pussy smell like? No, I'm just kidding. You ain't got to. You know. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, pussy has a smell and I like it, so shut the fuck up. This should not be nothing new to your ass. This is old news, motherfucker. That's just the way it is. I'm a grown-ass man. (laughs) Delicious. What the fuck? (laughs) There's a lot of motherfucking people that think that I have lost my mind, and half of you motherfuckers are right. Uh... With all due respect, though, and please understand that I, I do as I say and I run the way I want. I handle my business to the best of my abilities. And at the end of the day, I take everything I got left and give it to you crazy some bitches right here on my show, running my shit, doing it big. So that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't do more than that, then, you know, goddamn, you, you asking for too much and you probably working too hard for too little. And you really just need to stop. Take a breath. Breathe. Relax. Relate. Release. All over somebody. And enjoy that shit. Because it's fun. Hell. 
Speaking of which, we have a new sponsor. Yes. What a segue for a new sponsor. Yes, it is. Uh, from the home of the homemade international seasonings, Blends brings to you from All Spice Emporium. Yes, All Spice Emporium. You can find their information on Facebook where you can also purchase the different flavors and items that are available of, of all kinds of great and exciting things. You know, there's there's so many flavors like her uh, Banana Foster's uh, Popcorn Seasoning, um, uh, Bay Rum Cake Popcorn Seasoning, Berry Margarita Popcorn Seasoning, and tons of other different flavors and types. Uh, a lot of it goes with any, you know, popcorn. You sprinkle it on chips. Sprinkle it on your favorite snacks. Hell, go nuts. Hell, you can put it on a girl's ass and snort it off if you want to. Shit, it's delicious. And it's provided from the wonderful people of who I love and adore with all my heart, which is, which is my big sister, Jocelyn. Um, so check it out. Um, like I say, you can make a purchases at, by typing in Allspice Emporium in your search feed on Facebook. And if you type that in and press uh, shop now, um, it will actually route back. So also what you can do as well is send her a message directly um, through Facebook and Messenger, and she can get the order processed for you and getting everything taken care of and let you know how to get that done. We'll get some of this better uh, promo situations for um, her products in effect here soon. But right now, uh, I just wanted to put that out there for uh, Thank you guys very much for listening to that promo. And good night. Good show. Hey, we're going to type this shit. Shut the fuck up. I ain't going nowhere, nigga. I ain't even got to the good shit yet. Oh, boy. You think two Klansmen stabbing their goddamn self, nigga. I got something to tell y'all. And don't nobody want me to tell y'all this. And I'm going to put it out there. Because if I don't, y'all ass is going to hate me. Y'all going to say, Joe, why you ain't never talk about this? And with the way I live, I have to talk about this subject. It is part of my responsibility and duty as a shit-talking son of a bitch. It presses all buttons of all shapes and all fucking sizes. I gives no fucks. And at this moment, I give a fuck to an extent. But once again, this is one of my, another public service announcement. And this is going to be a big one. Um, that's what we're going to call this show. I just thought it up. We're going to call this shit public fucking service announcements. You motherfuckers need public service announcements. This, nigga, this is a warning. Hell, y'all need to heed this shit immediately and motivationally. Put this in your system. Type it into your data bank. Because if you don't, your shit is going to go down faster than a motherfucker. I'm tired of hearing about this shit. There have been so many people that have been affected. And I'm talking about families. Rich Poor, black, white, it's out there, folks. And we need to do something about it. Yes, I'm talking about methamphetamine and opioid abuse. Look, when I was young, I tried it, okay? I'll be real with you. I tried a whole lot of shit. Summer 2001 should have ruined my whole motherfucking life. How the hell I got to this point? talking to y'all and, and working on my comedy and having a kid and raising two more kids, uh, two other kids, and, and, and just, you know, being married and through all the shit that I done been through. How the hell I made it through summer 2001 is beyond me. But I'm going to tell y'all about summer 2001, okay? Well, summer 2001 was a motherfucker. Summer 2001, I left. Houston, Texas, and moved up to College Station, Texas. I moved in with a person that is quite possibly one of the bestest of, of friends. Uh, he's a brother, you know, to me. Um, he is my son's, um, I, I'd say, he, he he's one of them play uncles, you know. He, my son will call him uncle when my son reaches his presence one day, you know. 
I used to have, and I don't, white folks, y'all might not understand this, but like black folks, we know, we all had play uncles, you know. Sometimes, usually if you had play uncles with white folks, it was a good chance mama was fucking Uncle Tony or some shit, or uh, Uncle Robbie was always sneaking out of the back door. But when, but when I was kicking it with my dad, you know, mind you, he raised me a large portion of my young life. He used to have his homies. He had five dudes that he used to kick it with. And them five dudes, that was his crew. It was Ernie. Ray, Ron, Bob, and when he would come through, Mr. Wesley, okay? I'll mention Mr. Wesley in a story later on when we really talking to some dirty shit one day. Um, that man was filthy. I loved him. To die. I still love him to this day. It was amazing. So, but, you know, them was my uncles. Them, that was my crew. My dad didn't have no brothers, but this was the closest he could get to brothers, you know? Especially with Ray, you know, Ray took care of me once in a time when my whole world had been flipped over. And all I had was him, his wife, and his kids. And and even if it was granted for 48 hours, you know, that 48 hours probably changed my whole mainframe. So uh, Reggie knows this. You know, this ain't nothing new for Reggie. He know what this is. He know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. Reggie invited me into his home. He he had a, a girlfriend that was living there with him, and, and they were in love. And this was kind of Reggie's first go-round with love in, in some cases. Some people, because I can say that out loud, nigga, don't be getting mad at me, shit. Uh, your ass was sprung like a motherfucker, too. But that still don't make up no excuse for me being a dick and doing the dumb shit that I did, you know. Uh, so needless to say, I, I, I moved in with him, and few weeks passed I, I was working and I wasn't working and I was you know coming in all hours of the night basically being totally disrespectful and you know we had to part ways you know it was him and his girl girl wasn't comfortable so hey I, I went ahead and moved around I didn't have a, a, a true problem with it I don't recall but in 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 essence I was probably homeless for a whole 24 hours before I ran into another young lady who that young lady in turn let me move into a house and everything and I thought it was going to be for the interest of fucking. And nine times out of ten, I actually never had sex with this particular chick. I did fuck most of her homegirls. I said if she had six homegirls, I fucked five and a half of them. I mean, at those times, it, you know, huh? she had two evil stepmothers. <laughs> I'm kidding. One was her mom and one was her aunt. But them two look like witches. <laughs> I shit you not. I've been watching this show called Salem on WGM. It's a, it WGN. It's a good fucking show. It's creepy as fuck. But these bitches look like the witches of fucking Salem, man. And they was the biggest goddamn dope dealers in town. You know, I didn't know shit. I knew shit about cocaine. I knew what it was, but I really didn't know what it was. I, I, I had never used it to that point in my life. I just never knew nobody that had it. And I... My, I never was the type to go out and just, you know, uh, uh, hello, sir. Do you happen to know why I can find any snow candy? You know, I, I ain't with that, you know. And then back in them days, like I said, I it, I barely smoked weed back in them days, let alone fucking using cocaine or pills or anything else. So when I met them, that was like the, one of the first parts that I was introduced to. And I loved it. I loved it a lot. I didn't give a damn that I wasn't fucking nobody in the house. All I knew was if I could put something in my nose, I was content. It got pretty goddamn bad. I was working, I shit you not, a black man working at a restaurant called Dixie Chicken. Now, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> Don't y'all judge me yet, goddamn it. It was a job. Fuck you. <laughs> but, yeah, this motherfucker was called a Dixie Chicken. And you guessed it, it was covered in Dixie attire. And you guessed it, I was the only nigga there. So, yeah, that was quite fun. And so I'm sitting here with all these white folks, and then next thing you know, you know, it kind of fell in line with me starting to use dope because all of them up at the job use it. I go home, these bitches using it. So I was like, what the fuck? You know, I might as well use it. I had some guy in my defense, and I don't know what it was, but I could say during that period, I got some of the best pussy I ever got in my life. I, can I say that out loud? I know we're talking about like drugs and, and not to use drugs, and we talking about how good the pussy was, probably don't help, but in the same breath and light, 
It was good. I ain't fucking lie. Everything was fucking good until you ran out. And that's when shit got bad. When you run out of that dope, even the prettiest girl ain't pretty for you no more. Because she ain't the fix. The dope is. Now you find the dope, yeah, you back to fucking and having fun and acting a damn fool, running around in the street in the middle of the night and shit. You know, you you you'll do that straight up and down. You're driving a car with damn near a, a pound of dope in, and your dumb ass you know, spend the rest of your life in jail. But yet and still, you there. Ain't nothing you can do about it, nigga. You there. What you gonna do? Nothing you can do. Cause you there. You stuck. You can try to do better, but how you gonna do that around what you in? You eventually have to move yourself out of that environment. See, me at that time, I wasn't looking forward to moving out of the environment. I was fu- I fucked a bitch named Barbie, nigga. For real? I ain't never fucked no bitch named Barbie, nigga. I never thought I'd ever see a bitch named Barbie. This bitch, like, went by Barbie. And let me tell you something. Barbie stood for every motherfucking part of that word. Blonde hair, blue eyes, big titties, nice ass, good God. And Barbie was a bad bitch, but Barbie was also the epitome of my problem. Like I said earlier, Barbie has some good pussy. I ain't gonna lie. Barbie fucked my ass inside and through. But don't mean it was good for me. Because every time I looked up, I had something in my nose. I was constantly, constantly taking hits, constantly taking hits. I was doing a line every 30 minutes if I was able to. And if I wasn't, you better believe my ass was going to be figuring out a way to be able to. And a lot of it was more by association simply because of who I was with. It wasn't shit. I I lost that job at Dixie Chicken simply because I got fired from a place called Dixie Chicken doing some shit that just what a nigga do, not go to work. I done made it harder probably for every other nigga to ever work in a place called Dixie Goddamn Chicken because my punk ass got fired for not wanting to go to work. You know? But I didn't want to go to work because I was out of dope one day. When I was out of dope one day, I got sick. And when I got sick, I couldn't fucking move, function, see, react. Nigga, I was I was done, dude. I, I, I was so fucking gone. My body was in shambles. You hear me? I, I couldn't feel shit but pain. There was no other that every part, every inch I moved. I could lift a finger, and that shit would shoot all the way up my shoulders to the back of my head. My nose, it's already big as fuck. So when this motherfucker is big and bloodshot red, nigga, I look like a black-ass Rudolph sitting on that goddamn couch. Shit running down my damn face, looking like just death. And smelt like it too. Because see, when you ain't got your fix, you don't feel right. You don't feel like you want to get in the shower. You don't feel like you want to be a human being. You just want to lay there and ride this shit out until either somebody or a part of your brain comes to you and says, motherfucker, you don't look good. (laughs) You look in the mirror and see yourself and be like, huh. You know, that's when you need to realize you would hate that you have to end up going sometimes two, three, four days before you even realize this shit. Before you didn't realize that everything about you look like dude, dude. And you smell like it too. <laughs> shit, I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny then. You know, I tried to snort my whole fucking cap back. 
It wasn't nothing about nothing for almost four months of my life but dope and dope accessories. All I wanted was Coke. That was it. That was it. Like I said, did pussy come with Coke? Yes, pussy came with Coke. Because I had Coke. Was I cute and able to get Coke? Yes, I was cute and able to get Coke. And guess what? Coke, that Coke came with pussy too. Not all of it was cute. But like I said, I ain't never been ashamed to be a hoe. That has been proven time and time again. Just not with dudes. <laughs> better put that. I better put that in a big ass asterisk about the size of a fucking globe against that shit. No dudes. Keep that shit to yourself. Push on, bitch. Carry on. Flip, nigga. But yeah. So what finally broke me down was not. It wasn't even me looking in the mirror. It wasn't me going a day or two without a bath. It wasn't me going without. What happened was real simple. And this is the first time I'll ever actually admit this out loud. The bitch that I was living with and her homegirl who I was fucking... Bought two more niggas into the house, and my ass was just like, you know, this whole situation just is not going to work out for me. I shit you not. It had nothing, never, ever, never, never to do about me feeling the urge to get clean. It never had shit to do with me saying, okay, I need to start doing better for myself. Contrary to popular belief, if we'd all win that room and we'd have tag team them bitches, I probably, once again, the summer of 2001 would have turned Joe Moffat into a whole different direction. But when you let a hoe be a hoe, which is what Joe did, as I do so well and have done so well for so many years, I let the hoes be hoes, and I bounced. I felt I wasn't want, I wasn't wanted there anymore. So I grabbed whatever everything I could without with making as as minimal noise as possible, and I bounced. Nobody ever came looking for me. Nobody ever came to see if I was okay. Nobody ever came to 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 look out. And and just say, you know, has anybody seen Joe? You know, these were, when, when I say it was a group of people that was in this little clique of friends and everything and shit, I'm talking 20, 30 strong of people that we hung out with on a regular basis in different formats. And not none came looking for me, except for the one that never had nothing to do with this particular group. And that was Reggie. And that was years after the fact. After Facebook and all that shit was created. And the MySpaces and, and whatnot. And uh I couldn't I couldn't tell you I could tell you stories about that shit, man, <laughs> that would blow your fucking mind from that summer. But I ain't gonna snitch too much on myself because a lot of shit that went down that summer was pretty goddamn rough. Nobody died or anything like that. Don't trip. But it was still a lot of fucked up shit all the same, you know. And like I said, even with even with all that said and done, I sit here today being able to talk to you guys and have a conversation and and drink Dr. Pepper and play on my phone and read my notes and do my shit and, and handle my business. Right? Like I said, that was cocaine, right? But I want to put this warning out to everybody, and I mean everybody that is everybody. I mentioned in there earlier that I cried, I tried crystal meth once. And when doing cocaine and jumping to crystal meth, it was almost like the two didn't interact correctly with me. 
so I didn't mess with Crystal Meth. Or what they call, uh, well, it was called Crystal Meth back then, yeah. Or Ice, or whatever the fuck they call it. So, when I see people, mind you, like I said before, I've, I've been in these people's shoes. Some of these people had a, two th- a summer of 2001. But they summer of 2001, like I said before, they weren't left sitting out feeling, feeling thrown away and, and, and feeling discouraged. They were invited in. They were always in that party. They were always in that situation and kept to that point where they always kept that hit rolling. And they kept that t- summer of 2001 to the point where it destroyed their lives. See, my summer of 2001 came to an end. I ended it. Everybody don't have that capability. Everybody doesn't have that that notion of being able to stop doing horrible things. Now, granted, we should have an understanding of, okay, you're looking in the mirror and you're saying to yourself, I'm going to remember this image for the next six months. And over that period of six months, you are using crystal meth every fucking day. I guarantee you, you will not recognize the person you see in that fucking mirror in six months. You won't recognize them in three. With the help of BJ, of course, who who's always our number one producer, number one producer on the planet, number one producer in our hearts, you got that goddamn right. But I'm going to shoot y'all some facts of what she did on the research for me this week pertaining to methamphetamines. According to the National Institute of Drug Abuse, over 12.3 million Americans aged 12 and over have tried meth at least once. Ladies and gentlemen, that number is bullshit. It's way, 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 way more than that. I'm going to tell you how I know that. Because I live in a state called Oklahoma. I live in a city that, in recent articles, has been noted as the fourth largest per capita city in the United States of America of known methamphetamine abusers. That's crazy. That's insane. No, baby. That's Oklahoma. And it's been getting worse and worse and worse over the last few years. There was a doctor. I'm going to get back to these facts in a second. But hold on. There was a doctor in this town. And they literally called him the dope boy. Because you could go in his office. Oh, doctor, I have a splinter. You have a splinter? Where's the splinter? In the tip of my finger. And it really, really hurts. Can I get something for the pain? Doctor would say, sure. Here's some Oxycontin. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This motherfucker was pumping so much goddamn, so many pills in the motherfucking street, it was ridiculous. And I know he was doing it simply because of what he did to a relative of mine. I've seen it firsthand. I've watched a person literally destroy themselves destroyed themselves. Summer 2001 lasted four months for me. Four months. I've been in Oklahoma 11 years. In that 11-year period, I watched a person over an eight-year span destroy and completely and totally combust to the point where when she was trying to get help, it was too late. I'm going to tell you something else that's staggering. We're going to go back over these statistics, um, which is, you know, uh, I love how this is something someone had in a statistic line. It says, statistically speaking, women are more inclined to pick up meth than they are to pick up cocaine in the same breath in life. We could not, neither BJ nor myself could find any plausible statistics showing the effects of methamphetamines on women of all races and cultures. We couldn't find a goddamn thing. 
We looked every fucking where. Anybody that hit this, if you know anywhere, Princeton Review, Harvard Letters, uh, um, Harvard Reports, anything that you can find that has some statistics, Columbia, University of Michigan, University of Oklahoma, I don't give a fuck where it come from. Get me a report from the science lab showing me the numbers pertaining to, I mean, just pertaining to the use and, you know, the effects of cocaine on women. Because I'm going to tell you something, living here in Oklahoma, I have statistics of my own. And I, this shit will fuck you up. But in a place of poor people that don't have much, I can easily say, Without drug testing and simply by sight alone, mind you, I have worked in this town and worked in the community for over 10 years. I think I know what I'm talking about. 40% of the women that come into my office every day are on, are withdrawing from, or trying to get some more of methamphetamines. 40 percent what do i get 40 percent of two out of every five that's 40 percent you dumb motherfuckers if you don't know i'm gonna exclude children under the age of 15 and it's still two out of five that's frightening if you aren't scared when I tell you that there's a community in the United States of America that a large portion of that community, 40% of that community's female population of all races, including Native American, black, white, and Hispanic, the main four out here, 40% of those 40%, 75%, and I know you what you're thinking. You're like, wait a minute, nigga. How the hell are you going to say 75% of two bitches? That means you're going to cut a piece of a bitch in half or some shit. No, nigga. We just got to build up the stats a little bit. I can't believe I got to teach math to you goofy motherfuckers. My God. Come along, nigga. We'll get this shit together. So if we're going to take 10 of those, well, yeah, we'll take 10 of them. I'll say 70% just to not fuck with you niggas' head up. We're going to take the 40%. We're going to take 10 of that 40%. 70% of them are showing signs of either tooth decay, hair loss, speech problems, mental incapacities, or just being full-blown fucking disabled. Brain fucking fried. I know y'all see the videos of the bitches that smoking K2, the fat bitch that was on top of the uh, RV a few years, a few months ago. They had a dope fiend on top of a bus not too long ago. They had another, I saw a video uh, some crazy fat bitch was running up, was crying in the street or some bitch, some bitch. I saw another one earlier. Some bitch was crying. The police trying to get her ass out of the road. She was kind of sexy too. That pissed me off. Men, real men. If, I, if I'm sitting here telling you I live in a community where 40% of these bitches is being induced to nothing but rubble and ugh, and all of you motherfuckers is single looking for somebody to hook up with, Sweep up in here and find another 60% before they go into the goddamn 40%. Because it ain't that damn hard, ladies and gentlemen. It is not that hard for a person in these streets, in this little bitty ass town, to become a person who is on methamphetamines. It's not that difficult. You can go out to the local drinking place, to the local bar out here and on, on a Wednesday night, and your ass will, nigga, my 40% will blow up. My 40% will turn to 60 just like that. It'll flip-flop just that fast. I shit you not. That 40 turns to 60 that fast. Now, when you go to the local mall, when you go to little places where you see people shopping and shit and you see little people with money, you know, 
the numbers might go down to maybe 35 or 30%, even 25%. But as soon as you walk into Walmart, it jumped to 80%. Four out of five. On a good day. On the first of the month, four out of five. That's another thing, too. See, when you didn't use drugs to the point where your ass can't function properly, your ass becomes war to the state. You basically get you you get put on disability because you have smoked yourself retarded. That's how you smoke yourself. You can't smoke yourself. I've heard people talk about smoking yourself retarded with weed. It is virtually impossible. You can smoke yourself stupid, but not retarded. But with methamphetamines, you will smoke yourself fucking retarded. Tit. You fucking heard me. Tid, 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 motherfucker. You will not be able to recognize your ass or nothing else. This motherfuckers come down off of that shit, and they look down at their dick and be like, hey, little fella, I didn't even know if you was there, because guess what? You lose function of your dick, folks. Men, do you want to lose function of your dick? Is your dick just not doing what you want it to? You don't want to deal with that bastard anymore? Smoke methamphetamines. We promise you, you won't want nothing to do with your dick, and he won't not, won't want nothing to do with you neither. Yeah. You basically have a sense of euphoria so much that sex is un, is not needed. When you have this, you take this substance that's giving you this, this feeling of bliss, Fucking ain't just something that really you feel like doing. It's very, very fucking true because, and it's sad. It's really sad. That meant that people would allow themselves to use a drug that eats away at your teeth. Some of these folks come in and they be on their damn methamphetamine. Oh my God, somebody warned me. Let me stop lying. My wife's ex-husband warned me about the strippers in the strip club in this town. I thought the nigga was playing. And being that I was fucking his wife, I wasn't really trying to listen to his ass no goddamn way. But I probably should have listened to him on this one. Because I begged my wife to take me to the strip club when we moved out here. And she took my dumb ass. And let me tell you, oh, God, let yeah, let me be the one to tell you. There was five strippers working that night. Two of them bitches was nothing but gums. One of them was a half pipe. They had half their teeth, half of it gone. The other two... Don't have one that had good fucking teeth, and that was fucked up because she was the bartender. She wasn't even stripping. The bartender was the only one that had a mouth full of pearly whites. I shit you not. But this was the most crazy shit at a titty bar I'd ever seen. Because you think at a strip club, you'd have bitches that be the baddest bitches that, you know, you want fantasy bitches. Not bitches that you want to call, you know, uh, hello, uh, Narconon, can y'all come down here and help these bitches out? Because they need a role model and influence. These bitches losing their teeth and they stripping. Lord, help us. Is, Is that bitch pregnant? Oh, God, help! Yes, they had a pregnant bitch in there, too. There's not many times I I um, listen to bitch niggas, but that time I probably should have considered it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's pretty goddamn bad out here, man. I'm I'm being real. This this I can't believe I'm having to say this with the political climate and everything going on in the black community. But I, I'm I got to say this. I have white friends and I love them. And I say to you today, if any of my white friends consider using methamphetamines, I will kick you in the face. That shit is horrible. Don't fuck with that shit, okay? It is not a good thing. That is not a good time, okay? Check out some more of these statistics I was talking about. Adults between the age of 12 and 17-year-old, adolescents admit, have been admitted to meth addictions. It's getting our children faster, and it's not even necessarily just the methamphetamine. Meth stems back from the real problem. 
which is what I was talking about earlier, that goddamn Oxycontin. All of that, that, them goddamn drugs that them doctors get these kids and you get these babies, you give them these Ritalins, you give them these Adderalls, you get, oh God, Adderall. That's motherfucking meth central. You literally giving your baby meth in pill form, bloop, bloop, just to get this nigga to go sit in the corner and not fuck with you for a little while. So you can masturbate in the kitchen in peace. Get that nigga a PlayStation and lock his goddamn room door. Guess what? He won't want to fuck with you. You can go fuck with yourself and everybody will be happy. But no, that ain't what half of you motherfuckers do. Mm -mm. You put your baby on these pills and wonder why when your baby become an adult and you try to take them off the damn pills, they try to realize for themselves that this shit ain't where they want to be. They don't like life. Because they've been in a goddamn cloud for the last 18 years. They don't know their ass from a hole in the wall. Once again, all because this little motherfucker want to go outside and play. I don't know why my mama did a whole bunch of crazy shit when I was a kid and she had friends over and had a good time. You want to know why? Because she would kick our asses outside of the house for four to six hours and we wouldn't be able to go in. We'd have to find places around other people's house to take a piss. Kick your kids out of the house, people. It works. Quit letting your baby sit in there and play goddamn video games all the goddamn time. Then you wonder why these little crazy motherfuckers want to sit in and run around and act goddamn fool in the store. The next thing, well, you know what? You need to put your baby on pills. No, bitch. You need to be a better parent. That's what the fuck you need to do. Yeah, shit just got real because we talking about babies here. 12 to 17 years old have admitted to meth addictions. Why? Because they have to find a solution to find a replacement for that damn Adderall. And I'm willing to bet, and I'll throw this out there just from a just from an outside looking in standpoint, there's a big percentage of them that's on Adderall that go from Adderall to methamphetamines. You got people right now in this town on methamphetamines. Like I said earlier, they smoked themselves retarded. Now they getting goddamn aid from the state. All they get is food stamps and welfare and everything else. And you can kiss my ass, you racist motherfucker. No, the black community out here, out here ain't nowhere near as big enough. I assure you, nigga, if it's crack on these streets, it's from these raggedy-ass roads in fucking Oklahoma. And that's the goddamn truth. I remember the crack goddamn days. And, nigga, I grew up in neighborhoods where crack was very much so prevalent and all over the goddamn street. Nigga, crack was so bad back in the 90s that you would be riding home after 8.30 with your mama going home after church on a Wednesday and you will pass by a certain block in your neighborhood and see eight, nine goddamn bitches, two of them who was just at the church with your ass, selling pussy, trying to get some rocks. I see that same shit every day, but the only difference is instead of trying to get rocks, these motherfuckers pawning shovels and rakes and extension cords and iPhone cords and heaters and uh, bitch bought in a box of goddamn U-Haul boxes, tried to pawn that shit. What the fuck? Just to get a goddamn fix. What the fuck is going on in here today, ladies and gentlemen? I know what some of y'all think. Some of y'all mad at me for bringing this shit up because half of you motherfuckers voted for Trump. And I'm going to tell you something. Trump ain't going to deal with your dope fiend ass one second of the minute of the motherfucking day. But I am here today to say my friends, to say my people, that you are not alone. I'm here to say, yes, I'm over here being hard as hell about you because I'm going to tell you something. Nobody pulled my ass out of that crack den. Nobody pulled me out of that coke den. Nobody pulled me out of that situation that I was in. I got my ass up after realizing that this shit just ain't working for me no more. And unfortunately, as vain as it may have fucking been, yes, I didn't want the pussy that was there, so my ass went to find something else to do. I carried my ass to my mama house. She shipped my ass back to Houston, and the rest is history. Shout out to everybody, my mama included, who saved my ass in that situation. And to the people that you know motherfucking who you is that's going to try to come at me once this popularity starts soaking in, like I mentioned your sorry ass earlier, you ain't came look for me now, bitch. You better not come looking for me later. That's what's up.
But I say to you, to these folks that's out here fucking with these methamphetamines and fucking with these goddamn pills, y'all need to put that shit down, take a step back. If your ass needs to go to rehab, get your ass in rehab and save your goddamn life. It don't make no sense when we having to sit here and read articles on a regular basis, hearing about the large amount of, you know, when literally what they call when addiction has a white face. Because now, like I said before, 30 years ago in that crack game, fuck that, not even 30, nigga, 20 years ago when crack was running the goddamn streets. I told y'all about that motherfucking crackhead that was pushing that possum in a basket up the goddamn road in the middle of Third Ward, Houston, Texas. Shout out to my city. Nigga, that wasn't no joke. That was for real, real. Really, really. I shit you not. That happened for real. You think I'm bullshitting about that crackhead selling pussy on the goddamn corner that just came out of the church house, nigga? I'm de- really, really. And let me tell you something. I can look. I see these motherfuckers coming into my shit every motherfucking day. Gone out their goddamn head. Don't know their ass from a hole in the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to do better. Goddamn, we've got to do better. I'm seeing my brothers and sisters now fucking with their methamphetamines. Y'all don't put that goddamn shit down, man, because it's tearing up. It's starting to get into the black community, too, and it's starting to come in with some of these crazy-ass men that's fucking with some of these goddamn goof-ass girls, and then next thing you know, these bitches got their asses on the shit, too. Nigga, you better get your shit together and get your, get your motherfucking mind right. Talking about G-Unit or go fast. And they and what's killing me is in L.A. I, I nigga, I thought that I'd be hearing some stories about you know, cause I ain't never mentioned this, but it's like a harboring place for niggas up here in the end of Oklahoma. I ain't lying. Half of the niggas in this town is not from this fucking town. Hell, all these motherfuckers been shipped in by the white girls that was from here originally, and they go out in other cities and other places and other worlds, or meet niggas online and shit like that, and they you know they fuck them where they at, then bring them out here and shit. I ain't lying. That's the way this shit go. And it's happened a lot. There's a whole lot of niggas that have been transported from whatever the fuck they was from to Enid, Oklahoma. So it shocks me when I hear a report saying that L.A., lost motherfucking Angeles, is the home of niggas sitting here snorting and smoking motherfucking methamphetamines. Go fast, G-Unit. Motherfuckers is killing y'all goddamn selves. And niggas is vain as fuck. I can't believe niggas would use some shit to make them lose their teeth. Other than when they fuck with other niggas and getting the fights on the fucking internet, I'm so sick of seeing that shit. Just to, I, I I watch them just to see how how low we can go when it comes to thinking about human beings. They posting fucking videos online. You don't hear, never hear about if the police then showed up. You don't never hear about if the police investigated the shit. You hardly hear because there's so fucking many of them. It's hard for them to really have enough manpower in the police departments to do anything about it. But let one of them motherfuckers kick a dog like I watched these kids, like I watched this kid kick this other teenager in the face the other day in one of them damn Facebook. Had that video of him kicking a goddamn dog and see what happened. That motherfucker would be persecuted to the fullest extent of the goddamn persecution radar. Absolutely insane. Human life is preserved less than a goddamn dog. How did it get this bad? Motherfucker, we let it get this goddamn bad. We started letting bitches bringing the dog to bed, and then she's sitting there trying to make out with me and kiss the damn dog. What the fuck is wrong with you, lady? I can't lick my own balls. I'm not going to lick the ball residue off this goddamn animal's tongue, you son of a bitch. That's gross. Nasty motherfucker. Now, if she licking my balls and the dog kick in, I'm... uh. I'm not, uh, we've lost our, uh, path on this episode. Um, things kind of veered off there for a second. Um, we're gonna get back on, on path for a moment and, um, go back to the original story and topic at hand. Sorry about that. But yes, uh, Meth is horrible. Stop using this shit. You motherfuckers need to cut it out because uh, that's not fun. And on that note, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. look, 
I need some goofy shit in my life, people. So I want to make a big announcement. Next week, I'm doing a Christmas show. Now, how will a Christmas show work with one nigga doing it by himself? Well, this is how it's going to work, motherfucker. We're going to have some Christmas carols. We're going to have some fun. Um, I'm going to talk about some goofy shit. I kind of enjoyed sharing with you guys earlier, so I might do a little bit of sharing again. Um, cause Lord knows I got some sharing to do. I'm not going to share that with you. My wife will be mad than a motherfucker. I'm just kidding. We don't have to tell her. <laughs> but um, other than that, if, man, look, we all going through shit right now. Ain't nothing easy. Ain't nothing coming easy. Everything is going just as easy as you get it. And nothing about this life is right. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Anybody that thinks shit right now is normal is the motherfuckers that's rich enough to not think about normal shit. They ain't living a normal life. They ain't having to go to Walmart and the grocery store to get their groceries so they can afford to feed their babies. They ain't even going to the fucking grocery store. They send a bitch named Aunt Hella and that motherfucker watching them badass kids and got to go shop for these sorry motherfuckers. Or you, you're a person that has turned themselves away from normal life that even if you having to go to Walmart and even if you having to, to, to scrape and, and scrim, you got so much shit going on around you that you ain't got time to worry about nobody else. Baby, we worried about you too. We all got shit going on, each and every one of us. It's not going to stop. It's not going to change. If the bullshit stop, you dead. Okay? Let's get it straight. The bullshit will never stop. If the bullshit stop, you might as well be dead because that's what you're going to be. The bullshit never stops, y'all. More money we come across, the more problems we see. I would love to see what that feels like for a little while, and I hope to get that opportunity, but nonetheless, let's do our best to be our best. If you see somebody out there on that shit, don't, let, make them listen to this episode. Turn it on when I started calling them motherfuckers retarded and toothless son bitches and dumb bastards. And maybe that'll help change their mainframe because I don't like seeing people hurt themselves. I'm I'm just not soft. I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, it's so terrible. It's so no. Because like I said before, nobody pulled me out of that coke then. I pulled myself out of that. Some people love telling me that God was there. Well, if he was there, he definitely didn't carry a goddamn suitcase out that motherfucker. He could have grabbed a bag, just saying. Goddamn. That was a long-ass fucking walk carrying a fucking suitcase, dragging a goddamn suitcase, and carrying a motherfucking suit bag. That's just too much shit for one nigga to, and yet I got it done because I had to get the fuck from over there. You have the capabilities of doing and being your best. You just got to put yourself in a position of saying, fuck it and get it done. That's all it's about, folks. You say fuck it for once and get it done, you'll see the difference in your life. You'll see how better things can get for you. I say fuck it every day because I ain't got a choice. I got to get it done. Okay? So you do the same. Don't let life don't let life get you to the point where you need to take a pill or you need to, to, to function. You can't be yourself. Love you first. If you got a person around you on that shit, get away from their ass. If they don't want to help themselves, Get away from that shit, because all they're going to do is pull you down. Yes, I'm probably about to break up 100,000 relationships. I hope I get 100,000 people to listen to this goddamn episode. It would be beautiful. Thank you all for whoever ever listened to my Joe Moffat show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I'm being real. If you got a person around you doing that shit, get away from that motherfucker until they're ready to do better for themselves. And I don't mean you leave the motherfucker and then they go and get a heart on and then they say, you know, they want to come back and try to beg for your ass back. Fuck that. No, 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 no. You leave that motherfucker for like a year and see where they at. If they clean and fresh and looking good and, and can shave their head in the shower without a mirror and come out of the shower looking black and bald and beautiful as I do all the motherfucking time with them, baby, get that motherfucker a chance. But don't you stay around a motherfucker that's going to bring the worst out of you because that's not going to help you be better. And on that note, I'd like to say thank you all for listening to Joe Moffat's show. I appreciate being able to bring this type of episode to you. I'm sorry. That I kind of got a little long winded on this, but I, like I said before, it really hurts my heart seeing as many people as I see on a daily basis fight with this struggle and 
uh, we at the Joe Moffat Show, uh, me, my family, my, my producer, BJ, my, all, her family, all of our folks, we wanted to bring something to you guys um, because it, it's, it's very, very sad. And if you have a friend or, or you, you have a loved one that's on them drugs, call somebody. Get them, get, get them some help. There, 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 there are tons of, of local charities and organizations that, that can help you. You know, like I mentioned, call, call Narconon, uh, you know, phone a friend, take them to an AA meeting. You know, AA meetings can, they'll point you into a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Take them somewhere. Get them in a rehab. Get them help. Don't just let them sit here and let these drugs eat them inside out because that's all that shit is going to do is eat them inside out. If your doctor is telling you, tell you something, I'm going to tell you what. If your doctor is telling you you need to be using anything that comes from the family of heroin, you tell them, take that shit and shove it up your asshole, you raggedy motherfucker. That's what you do. And stay away from that shit because it's not good for you. Okay? We love you here at the Joe Moffa Show. We love you all. Be ready. Be set. We're going to roll over our Christmas show next week. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate the love. Peace and love. Thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. See you on the flip side. Love y'all to death. Y'all be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. And if nothing else, like I said, fuck it. <laughs> and that, that is, you know, just say fuck it and roll with it. I am Joe Moffat. Thank you for listening to the Joe Moffat Show. Y'all have a good night. And put on a fucking jacket. It's freezing shit.